0: This is Giles Martin, and you're listening for Fab Four Free for All.
1: And welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free for All. I am your moderator for this show, Mitch Axelrod. And joining me, as they always do, are my good friends, Tony Triguardo. Hi there, folks. And lesser of a good friend. Hey, hey. <laughs> Just kidding. Rob Leonard.
0: Hey, everyone. How you doing? You all you missed John the outtake, so.
1: <laughs> Just kidding around, folks. Well, it's so nice to be back. And uh, we are doing a show that we wanted to do a while back. Um, as of this taping, the, the deluxe super edition of Revolver has been out for a little while.
2: But and, life is uh, what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. And that's and true. Knows.
1: and uh, yeah. But we've been trying to keep you up to date on our Facebook page with content and stuff. So hopefully that's been keeping you busy uh, and entertained. But anyway, the Revolver Super Deluxe Edition. Um, we were so excited about this one when, when it was announced it was coming out finally. Uh, we were, as Rob said off mic we were at an event in 2015 right rob right right and i think it was the beatles one plus uh well event. the
0: beatles One, and uh, we got to see videos from the
1: one and the one right. Plus. and we were outside um talking with certain people and uh we we heard that revolver was next that was seven years ago
2: yeah uh, well we also heard that revolver was a was a bucket list yes choice so kudos to 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 the person who wanted it on the bucket list anyway
1: and let me tell you something right now we finally got it what's really cool about it is that they did not uh release it on an anniversary year which is really good because that bodes well for the future it was just you know what we did the the later years and it seems lately like the past 10 years the beatles have always focused on the quote cool period later stuff like you know pepper and and uh, white album and Abbey road and let it be and and you know what that it worked out fine because of the years and the 50 years but uh you know if we have to wait you know for others like we you know you could do definitely please 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 me in in you know in this year because it ends in a three and that was released in a three right yeah but you know i'm i'm very glad that they chose not to wait and to give revolver its due because uh it certainly deserves it Um, it was released in many different variations or as we know, um, LPs, uh, CDs, uh, the only thing that we didn't get, and I don't think we need to talk about it really, uh, other than a couple of sentences is a Blu-ray, um, unless you guys really want to bring it up. I, you know, we talked to Giles about it and I don't, I don't believe anybody at this point. I think it could have been in there. Uh, but for whatever reason, it was. I
0: personally would have liked it only because it's it's I don't want to say it's the now technology, but there are some things that have Beatles 5.1 and other things that don't. And, you know, if you look at what they're doing with John Lennon's uh, catalog 5.1, if there's a, a quad mix, they include the quad mix. So to make a 5.1, I think would be fun to hear be different. Um, I'm not sure why they didn't do it for this album, but um
1: Especially given Peter Jackson's new technology.
0: Right. And that's why. And and this is the first time that this technology has been used on a Beatles release, besides, obviously, Get Back. So to me, I would have liked to have seen a a 5.1 only because it's this album, especially. But I I expect that with every album, Um, even, you know, because a lot of other artists have done that also. They include a 5.1 mix. And, you know, this is the only time they're going to be doing this.
2: I so, think it I think it might have something to do with this point though. Um Rob, I could be wrong, but I think it might have to do with the distribution medium because Blu-ray players themselves, like the Blu-ray concept, uh, never really took the no, route it didn't. That You're they right expected it to. So I think I think it's not necessarily I think that they're gonna in the next couple of years, they're gonna try to solve the distribution problem of of five point one and quad. Uh, I think if the mixes are there and they want to try to work with one of the subscription services to, to get it out there or, you know, an HD tracks type method of doing it, but uh, it may be a matter of figuring out how to handle all of the money aspects
1: it could no, be that's, it, yeah that's it cost is definitely a factor here
2: cost is a factor and also points you know how much are the beatles getting per song when they do this when they do that when it's a new five poem, you know but it it would be, be there that. would
0: be another disc in the in the canon uh but at the same time you know i i would hope that they did maybe along the way maybe they do a 5.1 box down the road or something like they did the mono box
2: yeah but they but they know. won't do that's why i'm saying you won't we won't we're not going to see physical medium there's no, it, it's it's just not, it's just not needed, and you do. Nah, need I'm not a, sure
0: of that because we're the, we're the we're the generation that still needs you don't because you're good with the equipment. No, no,
2: no, no, not at yeah. all. It's it's not about that, Rob. It's the idea that that most people who've got really major um, audio file setups these days, even older people who are buying, just getting the money to start to buy, you know, people our age or a little younger who are buying big audio setups you know blu-ray is is one way to go a lot of them are streaming a lot of them are using their smart yeah. tv and sound bars and, and and that's that's not you know that's that's not just people our age or the it's it's people older than us even are but, just moving over to that and away from that blu-ray disc because the blu-ray machine they're not using it you know but the only
1: <laughs> thing is tony the that- the Beatles themselves set the precedent by having it in every box
2: except... Yes, there. except this one, yeah. Right, it's so odd.
1: whether... Well, you know, again, I think they're concentrating on Atmos, which obviously a lot of people don't have
2: either. Right. Well, Atmos, like, five people have it. I at, mean, at that's most, the yeah, joke at, about Atmos. It's no, like... But no, it's, a, it's a 20 people who have it. The 20 but years, the, but is, the 20 people who buy Quad, right?
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, um, but quite frankly you know we heard Rob and I had the privilege of hearing a lot of it on uh Atmos spatial and it was amazing but you know yes. I don't yeah, but I don't I don't have it in my house and neither nope. does Rob and I know they're using. I know that you can get the uh you know if you have an iPhone you can get the special headphones and experience it but even that is not like experiencing it in experiencing it in a uh a studio setting but so, think about can, what you just go, said
2: think about what you just said the idea of you know it's gotten to the point where that type of file is available for streaming yeah you know and the truth is anytime you deal with really high-end stuff like that you're kind of putting the onus on the end user to go out and buy that technology so i guess what i'm what i'm thinking is that if they move over to giving us stuff like 7.1 revolver in a streaming format or in a, a downloadable format or something like that. You know, if I can go out and buy a hundred and twenty five dollar pair of headphones. Yeah. Or two hundred dollar pair of headphones to listen to a lot of my favorite music now in an Atmos type environment or in streaming or, you know, spatial, or in, whatever
1: they call yeah, it. Yeah,
2: in spatial format. Um I, I might go do that because I don't have the room in my house. Correct. To do especially because a lot of people now aren't aren't living in as large spaces as they used to a lot of people are, are downsizing their you know so somebody in our, somebody of our age or older who's now downsizing they don't have the room to put up seven speakers or or five you know what have you so maybe they're finding that doing studies of who's look those blue those blu-ray video those blu-ray discs are great have you used any of them the 5.1 blu-ray no. discs have you robbed uh, I have um,
0: a, a, a wide album, you know. Um, but okay. I did but, it
2: once at the library. We did Sergeant Pepper. Yeah,
0: I would just like the opportunity to have it. I mean, I, I I agree with you with streaming, but at the same time, you don't want what happened with uh, Flowers in the Dirt with Paul, where he put up one disc worth of material that you only could download and. People said, well, I already paid for the box. Why am I downloading this now? I have was, I have, was, I've
2: have, never had a problem with that. I just don't. I,
0: I, I know you didn't have it, but I, I know, know I did, and I know other people yeah, did, too. Yeah. I, I would like to have both. You know, If people want to stream it, great. They make more money on the disc, so, so the, that could be part of it. I, they yeah, make well, more money on the discs? Well, they no. sell a box set over streaming, yeah.
1: Yeah, but then you have to add to the cost, and this box was pretty pricey. It was already and, pricey. And that's was, probably why. Yeah. Yes, and that's the other thing. If and we'll talk about a little bit about the content only because it had less content and was more money. But mm-hmm. uh, so mm. if they add another disc, then there's still less content. Yeah. Uh, and and a lot more money. The only but thing. And, I want to say,
2: and, well, I was gonna say, but Rob, I think you misunderstood. I'm not talking about streaming, meaning like putting it on Spotify. I'm saying uh-huh. like the type of streaming to carry like. 7.1 that's going to end up being exclusive streaming or an exclusive download that you get from the Beatles website.
1: Right. Some it's point, not like somewhere. it's going to
2: end up on, you know, Spotify and they're going to get 0. 0.001 cent per playing. I'm talking about like there's going to be a way for for you to do a massive download and have all that stuff on your hard drive just yeah, be nice if they can get to that point. I mean, yeah. I think the so. only
1: the only thing I will say and then we'll move on is that um Given the new technology of the, I'll say the, you know, the Peter Jackson technology, I think the public will be clamoring for um, new technology in terms of the listening experience for every future release. And if we don't get it, that it, you know, either by what you said, Tony, in, uh, in some sort of download capacity or Rob in another disc, then I think, We're not getting gypped, but we're missing out because there's going to be probably future releases that uh, the AI technology or PJ, Peter Jackson technology, absolutely (laughs) enhances. And I, for one, would at least love to hear it, whether it's at your library where you have the capability, Tony, or it's on my hard drive and I have headphones with spatial, you know. uh, Yeah, see, I like that, but...
2: But like you know, I guess it's it's just kind of an odd thought because it's 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 taking that that music and I get it. And I'm I'm not you know being a stick in the mud over it. But it's like it's taking them. You know, you take the Hard Days Night album and you take the stereo mix of the Hard Days Night album. Yeah, maybe it would be cool to be able to put a pair of headphones and to be you know like coming up from the middle of the floor and the and the you know in the sound studio where they're where they're rehearsing. To you know, that's cool, but. It seems just sort of like a little over the top for the for the music that was before Revolver. Like, it's well, just because, it. you I, know, I, think I
1: know where you're going. The less the less tracks you had to record on, the less the technology will make it seem more spectacular.
2: Yeah, so, I'd rather. Yeah, I'd rather feel like I'm in the room where, I, you know, the, the sound is so great that I'm in the room hearing the Beatles hearing their playback for the first time. You know, and that's stereo speakers.
1: Yeah, there's 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 limitations because of the technology at the time of recording. Um, not because Peter Jackson, sure. you know, if you have two tracks, Peter Jackson can only do so much to make that sound interesting. But when you go to four or six or four and eight and however many tracks now and you start playing with that technology, it, it makes it that much more exciting. But you know, who knows when they get to Please Please Me or, you know, Beatles for Sale, how it's going to enhance it. It may not enhance, it may make it sound clearer, yeah. but it may not make it be any different, quote, like, experience, orgasmic experience like some of these yeah. tracks you hear now. Um. So we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, absolutely. in any case. Well, um, one more,
0: th- one more thing sure. about Blu-ray, they wouldn't have worked on this, but it did work on uh, Plastic Ono Band for John Lennon is the blu-rays also store a lot more sound and they had songs that were on the blu-ray that were only available on the blu ray if you bought the uh, that big box yeah. set so that yeah. would be an advantage of the blu-ray also because yeah. you can fit a lot more on it um so but th- i i understand where you're coming from tony and just think I, about
2: how limited you are in terms of i mean if you if if i have a thumb drive with those 2496 audios on them right i can play it anywhere Right, that's true. No, uh, I'm not I saying a, otherwise. Yeah, but you know what, a- guys? I think
1: uh Rob, if there's a um an Easter egg on Plastic Ono Band, where if you find it, you get to hear the outtake of Good Day Sunshine that was not on any place here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice, darn nice. it! Uh, so
1: let's move on. The uh, real quick about the content. You know, a lot of people are bitching and complaining about not getting enough, and 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 again, we as as fans. Yeah, We know what has been bootlegged. Not a lot of Revolver has no. been bootlegged. And no. what I think what we got um, is great. And we have no clue what they had to work with. So mm-hmm. I don't want to get into bitching about it because I-, I do love what we got. And some of it is revelatory, as we've said. So, you know, yes, could they have lowered the price? Probably. But you know what? I, I go to the supermarket now. And unfortunately, I'm I'm tapped out, you know, buying three bananas. So, yeah, uh, so that means I'm eating them all. You guys can't have one. There each. you go. No, Thank but I mean, good. you know, the, the point is everything's going up and you pick and choose what you're going to buy and not buy. And, uh, and, and it's
2: it's the Beatles audience. It's the um, you know, they're they're. Uh, is this the last opportunity that we're going to get for expanded editions of this material? Yeah, of course. Probably Just not. You know.
1: But the only um, thing is Tony, a lot of people have no issue going into Target and spending 35.99 on an album that they already have like let's say Creedence Clearwater Greatest Hits, right? Uh you're going about 35.99, but for, you know, 179 you're getting all this content uh, that we haven't had before on a Beatles album. And I, think, I,
2: I agree, but but you know that know. kind of like a price point, like the thirty five ninety nine. I I get that, but you can often find them discounted. With all due respect no, to the Beatles organization and to Apple, you know, you could go to websites where they have you know forty percent off sales. But guess what's excluded from those sales? Well, all the time. I think this one was a real product.
1: Yeah, this one wasn't as uh, dis you know discounted as in the past. Uh, let
2: right, I, let it be. You're right. Let it be was discounted. Let it be was remember, correct. I, let it be. Was and, discounted.
1: and I think the yeah. white album was too. I got. I think I got you a deal on that, Tony and Rob, uh, on the white album. Such one, a deal. Too.
2: We did. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you know, there. Uh, this one not yet, and maybe it will be. But no, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, should also really...
0: the the two CD set. You know that covers a lot if you think about what's it on it. So if you if you can't afford it, but can afford the two CD set, which yeah. would be the first album. You know, the album, Serio album remixed and the second album of, you know, 20 outtakes. You know what? I I can't complain, you know. Yeah, you Plus, are there are so
1: many people who complain about that stuff for every one of these releases. And I keep saying, you know, a lot of people say, I don't even care about the outtakes. Well, then you know what? There is a single CD disc of this too. Right, right. Go buy it for $12.99 right. on Amazon and don't complain. You're going to complain for the guy who, who is going to buy the CD set, uh, the big five LP set, and, and you're not buying it, but you're complaining for him or her?
2: Shut up. It's the bloody Beatles, isn't it? Well, it is. That, you're Well, right. We say that at every box set show, by the way. They I do. Think it's, yeah. but, but
0: it not- is, you know. Some people won't buy it or can't buy it. And you know what? That's what Spotify is for, you know. Now, yeah, I'm not.
1: And you that's know, fine. I that listen. That would be a good parody. Can't buy me box set. Well, well oh, all right. Thank God you said set, because <laughs> you can buy your box. Neither. You can buy box. Go to the city. Um, no, but I mean, the also like Rob, you just said Spotify. I can't afford six hundred dollars for the Paul McCartney single set, but you nope. know what? I have a lot of fun listening to it on Spotify a, a lot. And, I do too, and it's great. So you know what? That's what it's for. And and hey, if you. You know, like we're we're all getting older and, and maybe our ears aren't speak as for a yourself. Thing. Well, <laughs> I'm thinking for myself. Um, oh that's the that's the next one. But quite frankly, I don't, you know, sometimes I don't hear a lot of the sonic differences that people say they hear. Uh and, and that's fine. So sometimes Spotify is great, but is my favorite Beatles album. So I, I had to have this no matter what
0: right mm-hmm. and 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 i agree with that and you know there's other you know the only band i really buy these box sets on are the beatles uh i've bought i have some monkey stuff and i'm i'm yeah on the edge of buying headquarters i don't like the fact they include the new york sessions in that but that's a whole other show, a oh, show.
1: I, I, not this one guys
0: i know i don't need 99 pounds okay um oh. but anyway um i do but really i don't really buy a lot of box sets so You know, if I'm going to spend it, I'm going to spend it on the Beatles. So that's something to look at.
1: And and we we, in our other previous show, we did say that um, when when we when we did the unboxing, we don't have to bring it up here again, other than to say that the box itself is gorgeous. The box they did a lot of detailed work on it. I think they paid attention to detail on the box set. You know, like we said, the hair on the book and the even the the uh, I forgot what they call it already. i read it somewhere uh, with the revolver on the cover where you only see it under light. Just incredible stuff that I think was very well done. Um, the book in this uh, is probably the best book we've ever seen. I, I think the White Album probably rivals it a little bit, but this book, I think, was so good um, and so detailed and yes. great pictures. My God.
2: I, I actually... You know, I made a point we were talking about the show, and you know, and I know we talk about the idea that you know our listeners, we love you all, um, viewers, however you want to put it. Yeah, um, that that come to the show. You know, part of it is we talk about the product and talk about what comes out. But one thing that's fascinating is that I I look at things like this that would come out back in the in the bootleg era before there were all of the sanctioned box sets. And there'd be this level of of excitement and everybody kind of going like, hey, man, did you hear this yet? You know, because it was it was underground. It was this. It was that. And there was sort of this if you needed to know what you were listening to, damn it, you had to have done the research. You you know, at a certain point, you were going to Lewisohn's recording sessions, books. You were, you know, some of the bootlegs came with some decent literature, some of which has been contradicted by what we now know to be true. But it it it's hard to kind of now to to leap into a project like this one and feel like we're shedding any new factual lights on it which is okay it's okay to not have to do that but it's a credit to them really they've done it they've done an amazing job of kevin howlett did this one of what kevin howlett did this yes one. i mean but and we know kevin Hallett's work yeah. and how and how thorough and how good he is and but all the books have been sensational in these boxes in in thoroughly covering the material
1: well i think so, i think that's the cool. first one for pepper was more of a trial cultural. and error yeah. Yeah. yeah cultural stuff so it was like okay yeah. let's see what sticks and then they went into okay look yes. we've got and, and no offense to the, anybody like jeff slate did a great essay for yeah. Sergeant Pepper book and it was fascinating. But you know, as they keep going, I think uh these types of um I'm gonna say types of Lewison like uh history uh, really helps I, I I love it. I mean I I, I, I do too.
0: My, my my only qualm was and I love Questlove, uh, quest love um I thought he had too many pages to write. I mean I, you know, I, I know who he is we know who he is he's the uh, band leader on um,
2: Jimmy Fallon. Right? But more and, importantly, yeah. he's the Oscar nominated director for some reason. Right. And so. Oscar a winning director, I'm sorry. Not nominated. So I I, I just
0: thought it should have been, a, you know, I, I know where he's, his status is in the music world, and he has a lot of respect, and he's kind of cool on with all different types of music. And I understand why the Beatles would have him write that or, or Apple. Uh, but I thought it went on a little too long.
2: I mean, when they when they asked me, I was like, you know what, guys, give it to Questlove. Yeah, well, so, you know, you're,
0: you're that I'm way, Tony. Just, you're you're good that way. I'm you know? just. You, so know. you
1: want to know something? And I and I'm not meaning this to sound racist or or anti-racist at however you want to put it. But if they would have asked Tony, and I'm not saying I'm just saying, you know, if they asked the white guy, and I don't mean it against any races, um, I think being an african-american and talking about and a younger african-american because yeah. he is younger than us yeah. i think yes i think it's yeah. the cultural uh aspect to to him uh is very important that that side to look at because it shows that the beatles had an you know an effect on yes he's a great in, you know uh instrumentalist he he plays many things he's done but again he Coming from a different point of view, as the typical white guy who likes the Beatles.
2: Two things you can equate it to, and again in a really positive way. I mean, you know, over the years I've had the good fortune of doing projects where we work with Daniel McDaniel, Daryl McDaniel's from DMC, Mm -hmm. and Daryl is an avid Beatles fan. You know, hardcore. And think about the inclusion of, you know, Whoopi Goldberg in eight days a week. I was going right. to say you know, that. It was so important to have that perspective. Of, Correct. You know, we can't give it. Not Right. I mean, not just, a, a you know, an African-American person, but, an, you know, a, a young black girl yep. growing up being an avid Beatles fan and being, you know, it's, that's kind of, the cool thing about that, too, is it's kind of – it's that whole Beatle concept of, like, you know, the, the unification idea. The music unifies so i think that yeah,
0: we won't the beatles won't play segregated audiences right you know,
2: you know. right right but so, in, you know what so yeah.
1: like for instance in the book and 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 it, i'm only mentioning this now because it's not really um specific to a song because we'll cover like we'll explain how we're going to do that in a little bit but like in the in the forward paul says You know, love you too, and I want to tell you, Mark George's steady advance in songwriting. Um, You know, very telling, especially since a lot of the book, which we'll get to later when we go through each song, um, back, you know, back up or actually debunk a lot of myths in terms of George and John and Paul's relationship, which... You know, we heard about in the Get Back film in that secret cantina conversation. um But there's a lot of cool stuff in in here, and I love the fact that Kevin went back to several, several, you know, sources and years to get hindsight and in period quotes from the Beatles about this album. And that's it, I just think it really very important.
2: Yeah, very important. But I, but you know, we'll come to that idea in a little while. But I, I mean. Paul, Paul's up and down with that. I mean, we've also seen text now of, you know. I know. The, the board meeting at the end of 1969 where Paul's saying, well, you know, we gave you that space on Abbey Road because now your songs are finally good enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, we didn't think your songs yeah. were
2: good enough before. So, so Paul runs Hot and Cold. Personally, I think we knew, you know, from, from, we've known for a while that, John and Paul really didn't like run away from helping on George's compositions in the get back film. You see them, you know, contributing to George's stuff also. And, you know, maybe George felt not enough, you know, but there are some thoughts on George on, on you know, but anyway, go ahead. Listen, I, well,
1: what... I'm going to just say this right now. Uh, You can't tell me that I need you is not as good as anything on the help album that John and Paul wrote. Absolutely.
0: It's uh, right up there. It's right up yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, so even as early as that, and, and Don't Bother Me is, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's Blood. one of my favorite tracks on, on Meet nope. or with the Beatles. So, right. uh, you know, maybe maybe they didn't, maybe George didn't take himself seriously at that time. Uh, and again, this is a different show, but... And it's he, also
2: George Martin.
1: Yeah, of also course, there's kind a whole of, lot of you know, factors. There's a lot of other factors. I do, but, like the, I do like the fact that Paul did mention it in the forward. Yes. And, and there is history in the book to to show right. goodwill toward George, put it that way. And also, goodwill. the thing
0: about the book, you know, we were t- just talking about the cost, this book, if it's a standalone book, you know, it's, it. I'm what not sure big? if it's a $50 book, but it's a $30 book. Bombs. yeah. yeah so, bombs. and maybe they add more pictures to it, maybe, you know, for that specific era. But, you know, the book is very good, and each book has been good in all of the releases, and you got to count that into the fact that things might cost more because the book is so good we should
2: point out very quickly we talked about this in the unboxing we should mention it now um any of you have not purchased your copy or you're not sure which format you want to get one thing that i was happy with was that the cd and lp configurations were both the same size they're not the same width but they're the same size. You got the book in full size. Yes, in both editions, which is Love very that. cool. So yeah, I, I agree,
0: and, and you know I think that helps sell it too. You know, it's I think so help, too. Yeah. You know, because yeah, I wouldn't I, want this. I, I wouldn't want this book shrunk down to no. a, a CD book. No,
1: no. So although anyway. you know, again, anyway. So um that being said, you know, we finally got to really listen, and I'm going to tell you the truth. I mean. In order to, we talked about older ears, and a lot of our listeners and viewers are older, and a lot of them are young. So it goes; it runs the gamut. But I will say, I listen to this with headphones on, and I, in order to really notice the differences, because I ab this with headphones. Yeah. So. And when you do that, and when you read the book, and when you read other stuff on the internet that that really did some great work on this, Mike Carrera, um, who was on the Daily Beatles site talking about things, between them all, you really get to uh, experience this in a, in a different light. So, on that note, um, what we're going to do, folks, is we're going to throw out each song, <clears throat> we're going to pass it to each one of us, and then. Like, for instance, Rob will take the first song, Taxman, and we'll talk about everything about Taxman that we thought. The outtakes, if there was something in the book that we, that we saw on it, and, and the regular disc. So this way, we won't have to bore you by saying, here's disc one, here's disc two. Yeah. Um, I think we will just say right now that the mono disc, which is a total different recut, uh, is wonderful. I don't think we have to go through every song yeah. on that. Um, no, but, yeah, but it's
0: the it's same exact thing if you bought the box set in 2009. I mean, there's not a lot of no, difference. No,
1: it's, they, a they it's, it's, uh, a it's a separate recut. Right? Really? It's a separate
0: recut. Really? I didn't really notice the difference on that. Oh, oh it's yeah. It's much
1: brighter. Much brighter. Well, Definitely. brighter
0: could be EQing more than anything. No, but it's no, not. We,
1: this is a brand new cut yeah. uh, from the tapes, an analog cut from the tapes.
0: Okay.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, it is, and it, it's it's... It's wonderful. I mean, I, I found mean, it
2: superior. I found it brighter. I found it less, sounded like it was less reliant on post-production. Right. Just sounded like a, a, a straight cut that has all the brightness. And all, but you guys got great. the vinyl version. I mean, the vinyl versions, right? I got the, the CD. CD. Oh, yeah, you got the CD, CD is,
1: is still, yeah. you know. So uh, anyway. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's talk about the songs uh what, well, can I, I just want to
0: just add one more thing before we start ahead. this and, and this fact that i thought the let it be box set compared to you know the other ones i thought it was a, a a step down slightly because there was so much they could have added and didn't and i think they sort of re regathered themselves and said okay we're gonna put stuff that's on the anthologies in the box set because it really should be Part of it, so you don't have to go to the anthology too to do comparisons. Sure, and, but and Let It Be, uh,
2: they, you
0: know, they 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 didn't move any of that stuff over uh, into the Let It Be box set. So I just want to say that I'm glad they went back and said, okay, we'll take some of the anthology releases, and they sound a lot better now. You Much know, the better mix quality. is different. They the, do yeah. the yeah. durations are different. It's you know, I I really like what they did with it. So that, I just wanted to say that because I I was disappointed with Let It Be tremendously. I thought you know considering what was available when we know it's but, available. Rob, that
2: there you go. But I mean you just exactly you just I said hit the key the difference. We're 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 hmm. among the group of hardcore fans who, unless somebody was was flipping through the New York Times and finding the articles about the five hundred reels. We're yeah. the we're the ones that know what was available. Yeah, I know the, that. The but... Other people they they bought the let it be box, they saw the get back anthology. Oh and sure, ever I'm after seeing the get back anthology, they might have been like, Well, just as well that all wasn't on the box set. You know, yeah, I, I, I know what
0: you're talking about, but there's there were some songs I just missed.
2: But you
1: know what though? That's what I said at the top of the show. We know what could have been on Let It Be. We don't know what could have been on this. Right. But
0: but I'm glad they went to the back to the anthology stuff yes. and pulled it over. Right. So it's all part Tell of me. one because because with Abbey Road, for example, there was a someone put out it was a, like a 500, count 500 uh, count version where um, they took everything that was available, rock band stuff and everything made four discs set out of it. And it was very, very cool, I thought that, you know, some stuff was also left off Abbey Road, but that didn't right. bother me as much as it did let it be. This is so they said, okay, let's bring it back so it's one box set. Right. So okay, I'm gonna take this box set. We're gonna go on the road and you know this is all we'll to listen to. You know that's wow. what I, that's why they and they like I said like Taxman starting off, you know the the album. You know the anthology two version is a nice version, but this version goes on a little bit longer. The mix is 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 peppier, I think, than the you know it's also 27 years. So that's part of it, also. You know, the technology, the technology has t- changed a lot, and this is uh, the first one of using the new technology. So I was, you know, what I would have liked. And Mitch and I saw it when we went to the listening party. Giles Martin went track by track for Taxman, instrument by instrument, deleting yes. instruments along the way.
2: Yeah.
0: Which is what his father did in the Sergeant Pepper special in '87. I wish that was on here
1: that could have been on the blu-ray as a video
0: yeah that yeah because it's just, just something video that was that when when we heard that mitch and it was just to oh, me yeah. it it just shows the genius of the beatles and how they did this on a four track
1: and the genius of the peter jackson uh, right
0: and how, how this the, how the ne- new technology is going to be really fun for the next for rubber soul especially because the rubber souls never had a really good stereo mix so so
1: you you mentioned taxman i mean you mentioned yeah. the anthology two version in general what do you have to say
0: i just thought that i just liked it a lot i think um you know it, it works out um very well and i also like the fact that they went in uh sequential order of how um the out the, how the songs were recorded in the order so mm-hmm. you know, technically taxman isn't the first song that they recorded but it's right. also the first one of the album so that's what we go with, and I think it's uh, a very strong mix. I was very happy with it. Um, you know, you know, I, I really enjoyed everything about it. I was, you know, like I said, I'm glad they pulled it over. You know, it was take eleven. So, you know,
1: I no what do you think about? Uh, I mean, you know, the regular mix. I mean, the new stereo mix, and anything else?
0: No, I mean, I like I said, I, the stereo mix was was nice. Um, uh, the mono mix. You know, I didn't notice as much as you, you did, Tony, but, um, but, yeah, I was happy with the, the, what they
2: did with Taxman. I was very happy with it, actually.
1: Uh, Tony? I,
2: I thought it was cool that they, like Rob, I thought it was cool that they included that, um, that version and, you know, running a bit longer, et cetera. Um, uh, the only thing I'll say about Taxman when it comes to folks who are relying on streaming services, I mean, you listen to Taxman, Paul's bass is just outstanding. And yeah. You you already start to hear the effect of the Peter Jackson. You feel you hear the drum, you know, spatialness of the drums. Um, the only thing I will say is twofold. There, there or is two part. There's a. I don't think this is because of the Peter Jackson stuff. I thought I don't think it's it's digital artifacting, but I do think that because the the spatial relations have changed with everything. There is this little bit of a feeling through the entire CD of of like a flanging effect. There's like there's mm-hmm. almost like a 150th of a millisecond, you know, of a weird See, I don't s- hear that. slapping sometimes. It's it's in there. It's just it's not enough to be bothersome unless I feel like I'm noticing it and it's creating a little bit of a difference for me but anyway um but be careful when you're listening to it on on streaming services because the bass is overwhelming yeah when you put it on on spotify you might be like oh hell this is the new mix don't don't take the yeah. streaming service version at face value yeah. for what the new mix of revolver sounds yeah,
1: listen like. headphones on on you know, with, with a CD player. Yeah, get somehow. the CD,
2: listen to it on phones, you know, yeah, it's, it's amazing. whatever. You know. you know, have your friends come over the house, have a party like Rob would, listen to Revolver, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Rob, don't forget, Rob's Rob's party's only listen to the White Album. So. <laughs> that's right, that's, the, uh, that's all they do. <laughs> that's um, our to go. But you know what? I, the, a lot of people are complaining that the, uh, the amp hum is gone in the new mix. I don't yeah. care who cares
2: i like that the ampum is gone yeah the only
1: thing i will say is that the cowbell is a little mixed very low Uh, yeah i like the cowbell not because of you know will ferrell but i like the cowbell it sounds very clean uh and in the book in 1987 george said he was happy to have paul play the solo and happy it was indian inspired yeah so you know what
2: it's the Beatles. We gotta so, do a we gotta do a routine of Christopher walking walking in on Giles Martin. I gotta
1: have more cowbell, more cowbell. <laughs> uh, Tony, why don't you take uh, Eleanor Rigby? Um, uh,
2: yeah, okay. I, <laughs> I I found, and again, don't get me wrong. I'm really, 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 really happy that there was a new stereo mix of this done. I do feel that the i look at all the only people parts in Eleanor no. rigby are lopsided oh really when they my head went this way like each oh. time <laughs> they come on with a, ah look i'm like where are you where are you you know um <clears throat> the strings and his freaking lead vocal i mean um there was a comment about and i forgot where i just heard it recently about listen to paul's vocals they're 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 passionate yeah. like on this record. And even though Eleanor Rigby is a is a quiet song or is a is a you know not Really? Not really, I guess. You you're right. It's not a quiet song. No. The strings are are in your face. Yeah, the
1: psycho strings are Yeah. Crazy.
2: Paul's vocal is is very right at you. And the new mix what I love about the new, the new mixes is they they because of the technology being there now they can bring things up front without you always having to sacrifice what's behind um it seems like with the early stereo mixes you you brought one thing up you had to lose something else you br- like you know now it's like you can bring that vocal up strong and not feel like you're losing the strings because you've got the vocals up yeah so uh and that's that's my oh and and the the, the conversation before the outtake of the oh, I to love vibrato it. or not to vibrato and he's and like i don't know i don't hear much <laughs> it's it's hysterical and what does he say oh all that learning you know or something <laughs> like that and you don't know if that's a comment almost to like the orchestral players like oh well here's all yeah. your schooling right down the crapper he can't even hear a difference yeah do love the uh, but, the,
0: but the, the, those orchestra guys knew the difference though. that was the fact they did but yeah. but it,
2: when it comes down to the human ear when it comes down to you know paul mccartney who's not an average ear right Paul's still going i don't know you you guys tell me you know but they're not as um, the orchestra's
1: Players don't come off the stuffy not they at all always thought when they come into a Beatles session
2: yeah not at They're all cool
0: not at all well and those, those are rock and roll strings yeah oh know, totally. totally yeah you know and, and
2: you know the the uh, the instrumental is you know is just a trip i mean it's just you know
0: but anyway yeah, one thing i really appreciate is the talk between george martin and the musicians and paul mccartney concerning the whole sound of that that out uh, that song And I was, I, I just like listening to that type of thing when you're it, when you have something like the box set, like this, this is the type of stuff you want to hear more talk, actually, you know, talk more talk, but that's a whole other show. Um, (laughs) But, but I really appreciate it. I, I, um, there's probably more there that they probably cut out just because you you don't want to have too much talk of course, but I really appreciate it. And, um, you know the backing track is just incredible. I mean, it's just you know, you, you it just sounds. He, he they went back. You know, we know what they did for the anthology too. We know what they did for love. This sounds even better. What I did for love. Sorry. What I did for love. Yes. You
1: know what? Um, what I love about it. First of all, it's great balance to me. I, I know Tony. You said you're a little, you know, off kilter, but Paul is now in both ears of the headphones. What yes. I what I. What I researched and what is really cool, if you want to do this, listeners and viewers, go to the old mix, any old mix, a stereo mix, and listen in headphones. And in the beginning, Paul is in both ears as with the I'll look at all the lonely people. As soon as he says Eleanor Rigby... Rob? No,
0: man, don't worry. Okay. What happened. As,
1: as soon as he says Eleanor Rigby... He says "L" in your left ear, and and then the rest of it pa- pans over to the right.
2: That's it, funny.
1: It is weird, but and now with the the new one, I'm pointing like I have headphones on. Now with the new mix, you you can you can't really make out that mistake, so to speak. That panning. they fixed the mistake. They yeah. fixed the- it's it's so cool though because now you you know you really and the, we thought the song track version was great. I think this is better than the song track. Yeah. No. The other thing is. I was, I was very, um, it was weird in the book. It says that Jane Asher actually turned Paul onto Vivaldi. John told John said that in an interview. And he said uh, that Eleanor Rigby was inspired by winter one, Allegro non molto So uh, all because of Jane Asher, we had a whole show on, you know, Jane Asher's influence on Paul's writing, but we didn't do it like this in a, in this, in this regard. So maybe she had a little bit to, to do with the influence of, uh, Vivaldi on introducing him to it, but I, I love this. I, I absolutely love this mix. It just is great. Great balance. Cool. So I'm gonna take I'm only sleeping. Uh, to me, another fantastic balancing job. The drums and the bass are so much more prominent. The yawn is louder. Uh which it's is true, which is cool. Um, and what I love about it on and especially you know, in with the context of the whole album as we heard in the outtakes they they it was recorded sped up knowing that they were going to slow it down which is so cool and so hard to do in a lot of cases as they as you read in the book but the instrumental where it's sped up is so cool it just sounds like a different mix and then when they slow it down you the count is even like one two (laughs) because obviously they they knew it but um i i just love this the the outtakes were really good on this one i think it's a great mix rob what do you think
0: i thought the mix was really good on this only because it's a, you know when we first heard this it, there's how many mixes of i'm only sleeping over the years uh this is a new mix and it, this stands out in many different places uh with the 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 backwards guitars I don't want to say cleaner. It's the wrong word, but they they seem to sound more. Um, they're not different, but they're just. More prominent? They, yeah. They, you know what? It doesn't sound like a backwards guitar as much. Oh, okay. You know, it, it, and we know it's a backwards guitar, but it, it it sounds more natural than some of the other stereo mixes of I'm Only Sleeping. So,
2: Yeah, I um, do agree
0: with that. That's interesting. Sorry. Go ahead because yeah, that's the way George wrote it he wrote it backwards and make it sound forwards yeah so, you know it wasn't like he just played and it's a reverse it. you know he spent 12 hours doing it so yeah you know he should get co-writing credit by the way on that but that's a whole other mm. whole other thing with uh, the Courtney and yeah you know so but I, I was impressed with that uh, a lot it's like I said it's another mix to add to the Canon of yeah. all the different mixes of i'm only sleeping
2: tony uh, i think um the outtakes i think were uh, brilliant i think that early take i don't know what it is i can't put my finger on it but i almost got a beach boys vibe
1: mm-hmm.
2: from the first ta- the first earliest take of it uh, and it's not paul but i felt that i don't know there was a there was a vibe there um take two still very experimental for take two I felt pepper it, it could have been on pepper when you hear it in that you know um here's where I thought you saw the the, the gap of the difference between the projects um you know getting towards a, a style that would show up on pepper and then um the whole you know and, and if I'm not mistaken we hear the okay or er, okay herb and in, that's in, not on this. That where is that? That That's actually
1: Doctor Robert.
2: No, oh yeah, right, 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 right. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but we finally hear that on that. But so that's for later. But anyway, um, but yeah,
0: that actually. Well, actually, Tony, I I agree with you about the fact that this. You know, I'm only sleeping. If you want to think, okay, what could have been on Pepper? I'm only sleeping would be definitely one of those songs. Yeah. I don't think a little Rigby would fit on Pepper, but I'm only sleeping would.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. Anyway. Uh, rob why
0: don't you take uh love you too love you too wow the outtakes change my opinion of the song a little bit i like it a lot more um as much as the tuning part of the opening of love you too it has a a cool feel to it um i like the fact that it had a strumming guitar
1: Mm.
0: at least in the in the demos or the earlier takes and it's, it's one thing about literally every song in this album there's an earlier take that's just really different and they knew right away that we had to change it as beatles we have to change this v- version for the most part and and this album has so many of it. they didn't have it on a lot of other albums where you know the, the arrangement is so different
1: but and you know typical beatles and i don't mean to interrupt but i will just for a second typical beatles every time they do a different arrangement we always find that the finished arrangement is really much better and that they knew what they were doing
0: oh yeah but you know the usually their first take could have been if they weren't
2: been released yeah it could have been released yes.
0: as, as is you know can't me know love about then,
2: the final can't buy me love and and your bird can sing i hold as two examples you your bird can sing and its final version is one right of my favorite Beatles songs
1: yeah but anyway
2: no i
0: and I, I think that's one of the things and you know that and and this song especially um you know it's it changes the the whole sitar thing that which i think was very important to have in this album mm-hmm. you know that leads to pepper i'm not sure how how we we there's not many songs if you think about it, in the beatles canon that had actual sitars if you, everyone thinks there's tons of them and but there really isn't no and this song is purposely made to have that sitar open they could easily cut that whole like tuning part and started it apart and then the mono mix goes much longer um which people not many people realize so i was um i was actually very impressed with the love you two early takes um you know take one sounds like a more like a demo and then um like an escher demo yeah almost And then uh, take seven, you know, McCartney's backing was much different too. So, you know, I like the way this album was recorded real fast Yeah. and all their, all their changes along the way were perfect. You know, it wasn't like, well, we made the wrong thing there. No, everything worked perfectly. So, and it it was quick. It's not like they said, okay, let's, let's wait a week and see what happens. No, the next day, the next minute, you know, they were changing it. So um, I was very impressed with that about love you too. It's. Mm -hmm. Not one of my favorite George Harrison songs, but I, I like the outtakes, and, and of course it fits perfectly on this album. So, you know.
2: Tony? Um, Yeah, we're talking about the whole, like, the take one thing. I could see, and I love this song. I always have, ever since I was a kid. Um, I could see where John and Paul, and especially Paul, would be going yeah his writing is not as good as ours by the demo by that take one uh, george knows in his head that this song is going to take that turn i think he knows he's going to want to bring a sitar and bring indian instrumentation into it once you do you've 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 broken barriers you've added whole new elements but I think listening to that song is just an acoustic bum-dum-bum-dum-bum-dum. It's it's not it's not Beatles standard. George George knew it was going to be. And my feeling is that the finished product holds up to anything that George and right. Paul wrote. But John I do think that here... Uh, what is that John and Paul wrote? Yeah. But hearing Granny Smith take one, I, I kind of felt like okay, now I may be here where like George coming in and saying, well, here's one I'd like to do where George and Paul might've gone. Okay. Yeah. Where's this going? Because they didn't know what was in his head. But, But like George didn't know what was in Paul's head when maybe he brought in Eleanor Rigby.
1: I have to counter that if you don't mind.
2: No, of course not.
1: Because if you go by the way this album was recorded, we're talking tomorrow never knows was first. And if you don't think that George and Paul and George Martin said, where the hell is this going to be the first song recorded for tomorrow? Never knows with the one chord drone. I mean, so I,
2: I'm not sure. I, I but I think that one chord drone at least was, was was it? No, but it was the opposite. That one chord drone was extremely experimental and avant-garde and was a little bizarre. So I think I think probably George Martin went all right. There's there's something here we could do, whereas Granny Smith just kind of plods along, you know, until
1: you get to the finished product, right?
2: Until you get to where you hear George's vision, right? So you know, to me, I'm just looking at it as this is something that started out pre-production as kind of like, ooh, where's this gonna go? You hear the finished one, you're like, oh, that's where it's gonna go. You know. What'd you think so, of the one? What's that? What'd you think of the finished one? It sounds the freaking mix is gorgeous. The clarity is just majestic. George's vocal, the instrumentation. I'm glad we lost the high harmony from Paul there. But and take seven, yeah. yeah. But oh my god, the finished product sounds awesome. Love
1: you know, it. You know, the, the cool thing is uh at the time, don't forget painted black was just about to be released. Right. um right. and and brian matthew in the book it said brian matthew told george you can't play the sitar anymore on your songs because everybody's doing it now and john <laughs> john shot back yes he can which is kind of cool and that's a period thing so that's, you know, that's not later on that's right. period so you know i think they were very tolerant of it and and john liked the experimentation but the acoustic demos are great uh and and like you said heart the high harmony did not fit from take seven so um but it's nice to hear it because we've i've read about that right and i was like oh
0: i wonder what that sounds like because paul always sounds good with george but it didn't match the
1: song no. well he didn't really do a harmony he sort of did like a it was like parallel with him but in a different case it was weird yeah anyway it's it, it's fine yeah. uh i'm gonna take happen to be my wedding song here there and everywhere oh. um the harmonies are, are so much more in the mix, which is great. The drums are present. Whole harmony at the end is up, too. Um, in the book, they said it was inspired by God Only Knows. And one thing I, it says in the book that I was, it made me think, it said that it has a preamble. All right, you know, here, there, and everywhere. To lead a better life, I need my love to be here. Just like if I fell and if you think about it there's not many beatles songs that have preambles maybe do you want to know a secret well but john tended know.
0: to write the preamble much more than paul
1: yes because but you it,
0: know if i fell help you know paul john would have that preamble and then leave
1: it well, You know, there's he, no well there's no preamble in help. well the beginning is help you know No, I need i'm talking somebody. about like a like a if i fell in love with you would you and then they lead into the song like you'll never know how much i really love you and then, like this, you know, to lead a better life. There's not many songs that they really do that. But I, I just, I mean, this song, uh, we wanted, we all know what we wanted since we heard it on the uh, Real Love CD single. We all thought, yeah. even 95 or 6, whatever, it was, it was going to sound amazing. It did. And you know what? This lived up to the hype. I love it. Rob? Yeah.
0: I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, you think of that version that's on real love, the si- the single, um, you know, I, I like the, the trickery of taking, you know, the finished version and matching it to the rehearsal version. Yeah. But I like this better. The rehearsal, you know, the, the, the outtake version. And I love the sound of the stereo version in this mix because
1: okay.
0: it, it there's so much to do with this song and it's easy to blow it and they didn't. So, yes. I think that's yeah. the best way, because you got these harmonies, first of all, and then you got Paul with this really great vocal, and, and then it's in triplet not triplets, but the, the chord progression goes like G to B minor, to, and it, it goes up a scale, and you know that you can easily get lost with the mix, and, and, and it, yeah. it's there. It's really a good mix. I, it's one of my favorites of the whole remixed um, canon
2: of this Revolver album. sounds magnificent um you mentioned the drums and (laughs) i love i love ringo's that soft touch that's now brought up in the mix it just sounds brilliant so um yeah very 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 nice the the outtake pass is interesting uh it feels a little bit stark because you're missing some of the backing vocals but um, but the quality of the, the Yes. Yeah. I mean,
1: in Paul's voice just, on that demo or the first yeah, take
2: is like, first pass. whoa. That, yeah. Wow, yeah. it was really up there. It was well, huge. it's again, it's that idea of, of the, the you know, oh, that's where I read it. Um, in Uncut Magazine, there's a whole big thing about the revolver. And I think it's Giles who's talking about the passion, uh, That that this is a powerful, powerfully delivered record. Yes. And even though here, there, and everywhere is this beautiful ballad, Paul's voice is very engaged in it. There's no kicking back and being schmaltzy. It's It's not quite falsetto. No. But it's not his regular. It's just. Right. Sounds great.
1: Yeah, it's just great. Rob, you want to take a yellow sub? Wow. Um, I knew that was going to come. You
0: know, yellow submarine, when we. You know, we think of it as, you know, a nice children's song that Ringo sings. And then we hear these, this thing that John was doing sounded like Bob Dylan, very much like Bob Dylan. It wasn't a, it wasn't like, you know, he did like, you've got to hide your love away as Dylan. This was like, like he got a tape from Dylan and he was replaying it to himself. Mm. Um, I was very impressed with yellow submarine. Um, The 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 early takes that led up to you know the song we know and love Um, and I'm so intrigued out of everything on this album the the versions of yellow submarine these these early takes or whatever you want to call them To me is the eye-opener of how the insight of what was going on on this record because it was just so Imagine this was on this record. It it wouldn't have fit in, in this version no. Because it would have been should have been on uh, Rubber Soul, or even Help, if you want to you know say that. But it wasn't ready, obviously, at that point. So to me, when the first time we heard it, Mitch, I just stood there, with my mouth open. Like, I think everybody did. Yeah, because we've never heard about that version.
2: No, that's what blew my mind. How the hell did that get under? The, I mean, I guess they had to go through everything they could find, and I don't know if that. Sorry, I mean interrupt, Rob. But okay. if that if that John snippet is in the studio, like it, it w- sounds it, too clean not that? to be.
0: It sounds like you know. It sounds like one of John's demos, which he never properly recorded any of them um, for the most part. No, but you, you can remember know. how much they could clean those up though. Now, Rob. Yeah, but it it you it know. sounded like he. You know what it sounded like? It sounded like he was sitting on the floor playing and strumming like he was at a campfire
1: like strawberry fields demo
0: yeah sure and that's a better demo um but to me it's it's just like wow and and then it you know the parts of yellow submarine come out of what john was singing so this whole thing that it was a paul song is well we find out it's not but at the same time it's not exact and i always thought that when i heard the first time i heard this that john was writing about his dad. You know, he, he, the, the dad goes out to sea. He was a seaman. Um, you know, and you know, maybe it was a false, you know, fictional thing of that. But that's what I thought. And he had just exactly. seen his. I think he had just seen his father at that point. You know, he you know had a meeting with him. It didn't work out very well. Uh, what you know, it's like, what do you want? But that's what I got the impression of. And to me, and and how how was this not known about? Holy shit! And, well, and, my mind that it wasn't known about.
1: Not in the Lewis and book.
0: No, no, it's not. And and no. but also the Lewison book now is is thirty five years old, and I I'm right. sure they've they've maybe found other tapes, and obviously even at the
2: anthology they found tapes. So that that's why this part of me that feels like this was not that that this I don't know if it came from the estate or if it came from, but I just feel like this was not. From Abbey Road Studios. It was recorded at Cavendish or it was recorded some, but who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I, I Cavendish, that's Paul. Well, that's I meant. I'm saying it was recorded at Paul's house. It was recorded oh. at you know, I don't know where John was living at the time. Um where Weybridge. was Weybridge. Yeah, Weybridge, yeah. So who knows? Maybe it was recorded on one of their one of their yeah. four tracks, or I don't know. But but
0: anyway. I, I I was very impressed with it. Um it stands alone. If you if you don't know the finished version of Yellow Submarine, this song stands alone. And this, you know, I'd like to see the chord, uh, the chord sheet, and the and a lyric, you know, you know, like a like a, f- a fake book version of something yeah, musically, yeah. you know. And the only thing that gets me about Yellow Submarine, and and this is the only time they did this, they followed the mono mix right. on the stereo mix, where the guitar strum comes in the, at. I liked it, this quietness in the town. You oh, know, I like this version now. Um, but I I don't like the mono. I never liked the um, mono mix where it comes in right away. I like the stereo mix where it was quiet for that one second. And they copied it on this stereo mix, but that's the only thing they copied. They Like on Taxman, they... No. Uh, no, are like, wrong. A Life of Ease. Oh, well, okay, that part. Okay, but... Yeah. But but on taxman they don't follow the the, the cowbell coming in on the, like on the mono mix it doesn't match, you know. There's a couple of other things like that too where you're right. I, I forgot about the life of ease, but um, I'm not sure why they did it on the stereo version of the, this of yellow submarine, but uh, they didn't do it for all the others, you know. So you know because usually they, he was matching the mono mix. Yeah, that's what Giles has been doing, um, but he, it didn't always match on on. On Yellow summary and I, I, and I like the I like the stereo version better. It's cleaner. It's nicer uh, but you know, it's it, it My opinion changes a lot of how, what how the song was put together now and and it's nice to hear the backing noises uh, They're mixed in a lot higher. I think uh, now hmm. in the new version that we have for this album hmm. So well. I, it, I, I was, it, it, There's a lot of insight into that song about production wise and everything and i think they um you know i like the clean part i like the, i like the life of ease part i like all that stuff but um i just didn't like the opening strum in the in the new stereo version
1: yeah, i didn't mind that. i like it a lot cause i you're... like
2: it better too yeah personally okay. I, okay I just think um i think that uh that second or the third outtake it's like that like almost like a sped up sounds like almost a sped up master in that a little bit yeah yeah um Sounds
1: and like that's key
2: yeah the, the effects are heavier on that one it, that's lit, listed as the effects you know heavier effects version or whatever that's kind of a cool listen a little odd but a cool listen um that first john demo it's it's not a song in no. my opinion it's just an idea right and, and i said i think i said eight tracks or uh four tracks earlier but I'm, the beatles didn't have their personal four tracks yet um i don't know what they would have been recording on at home but um, but yeah, that was my only thought was just that, that, um, uh, fast version is, is interesting and unique, but I really, really, really like the, uh, the new mix. It's, it's, um, makes you love Ringo's vocal even more, uh, I think on the, the, you know, the, the stereo remaster remix. So, anyway. you know, in,
1: in the, in the book, it, it does say from the period, there's an interview where they're talking about you all submarine, and john says to paul that's a collaboration i remember you and me uh first did that even if we read it back then we wouldn't have known that john did that little idea demo um we would have probably thought okay john just you know paul came in with the fantasy song and and john added some stuff to it like normal but uh yeah that that it was revelatory Just yeah,
2: so. mind-boggling
0: well on, on, it, you know on, also it becomes you know there are certain songs that are Lennon mccartney songs This song now becomes a Lennon McCartney song to me, like like a Day in the Life, or you know, From Me to You, or whatever, Um, or She Loves You, where it's they were working together and they they came up with something, you know, it started in one place and ended up in a total not totally different place, but a a better place. Yeah. So you know, I think that's part of it, and also you know, this if you look at the takes, there are four takes of Yellow Submarine, there are four takes of I'm Only sleeping both of have a, a a similar feel with the like the backing tapes and and the weird noises that john makes and stuff like that it's um,
1: i think it's coincidence but it,
0: it probably is but you know th- th- i'm glad there's four takes i wish there were four takes for every track but that's <laughs> you know you know it, but not, you, you don't count it to make it seem like it's better well, right. we'll put it that way
1: all right tony you want to take she said she said
2: um yeah i mean for me when it comes to the stereo remaster um it it's it's just a dramatic improvement to me i just love love the feel of this new mix yes um it was the first of the remixes where i went oh goodness that's just freaking awesome um and then you know you go to you go to the demo you have to wonder if you know you're making me feel like my trousers are torn if yeah. that really was i mean that could have really been a lyric it might have just you know you uh, know knowing stick, john it was wordplay. stick something in that sh- occupies the space um but it's funny and and I, the use of the word crap in there does he say crap in the first verse That sounded like no, I, don't I was think like so. i played it through twice and could swear he's mumbling the word crap but um you know, and you wonder at what point the middle eight got fixed. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and and it's, I also um, love the fact that on that other outtake, it's fun to hear them screwing around, especially, you know, during this session where Paul's supposed to have run out on them. He's you know? there. <laughs> yeah. You bet he's there. And it's a killer instrumental track. Yeah, it is. It's a killer instrumental track. Yeah. So, uh,
0: well, the funny thing about Paul being there, it doesn't sound like his bass playing, though. You know, it, it's very—it's it, not—it—it's it, very. I don't want to say basic, but it—it's very. It's not it's that not, basic. Uh, yeah. Really not. It's Not it's, that it's,
2: basic. I it's,
0: not like, that. it's not like it's not like Taxman, where there was no, a little more. Not every down.
2: song calls for it. I mean, if you yeah. think about it, Tomorrow Never Knows. His playing is not complex it's just impossible to replicate well that's (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean
0: that's true that's true um i I was impressed with the fact that we find out that paul was there um so i you know we because we were told by paul that he had walked out so maybe he got the song wrong or or maybe uh
1: maybe he 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 probably did walk out
0: but, but maybe it was at, after it was already kind of finished right, yeah, you know, right. maybe he did the basic track and then you know they you know something happened or whatever but um, we know he's there so it's nice to know that he he was the bass player because you know i i always thought it was george you know yeah. so well,
1: it, if you if you listen in headphones they have john and george's lead guitars in the left headphone now which you do not get in any other mix like you know earlier and it just adds everything to this song the and also the punch in Ringo's drums <clears throat> you know the one thing i wanted to ask and in the book it does say that the song was re- referred to in the get back cantina conversation and i looked up transcripts i couldn't find it uh, when paul and george are saying look we had to show george that that you know he could he could have some input I guess because Paul walked out at one point, and they both say to each other, "Oh, she said, she said," and and John says, "Yeah, she said, she said." That's what it says in the book. And I couldn't, if someone has the, I have to look in the Get Back book where it has the full transcript. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely in this book, so I have to look at that. If anybody you know does know, because I don't remember hearing it uh, in the Get Back, I would have known if they would have mentioned a song. But whatever, it, it neither here nor there. Um, this to me sounds like a different song. It really does. Great, I love well, it. It's
0: also down. another song where there, the the two leads or the two there are two guitars playing the leads.
1: Right. You know, and, they're and in and the that's... left headphone now, and you could other than the one playing in the right. And when when you hear it, you'll never want to hear the headphone version of any other version uh, earlier because right. it, it just it's missing. You it, you you want it in the in the in the left you know can so to speak yeah um anyway um all right uh so I guess it's up to me now with good day sunshine um appropriate uh, since you've been talking about it not having any outtakes there's not there's not much I want to say here I don't think there's a lot to say on it um the the one thing at around if you listen in the headphones at, at around two minutes um the drums abruptly stop in the new mix um while in while they other mixes they keep going in the left channel so when it, now cuz this is not my go to mix on on this because now i've heard it and, and maybe in the car it'll sound different but
2: um you can't unhear it
1: yeah i didn't like that because it stopped <laughs> no. literally the drums just stop and while they're doing good day good day you know and and in every other mix you just hear kept, tap- tap tap right right I don't I don't like it so this is one song where and there's no outtakes you know in the book it says there were six outtakes on the reel and everybody keeps saying that there were only three so if there were really six and which Giles had confirmed there were three uh when we talked to him why are there no outtakes at all
2: because I, there's a difference between an outtake and I any,
1: and just a breakdown and a and
2: breakdown and a you know
1: it may not be anything different right, but right, it would have been cool to hear even a breakdown now that i especially since i don't love the mix but
0: well it'd be nice just because every other song has representation right, right. and even if it was a, a one minute bit like she you know, the other she said she said demo was only a minute you know so right. it, it's an intriguing opening for for the rest of how we're going to hear the song but you're right if, if there's something there a minute a minute and a half it's only a two minute song anyway so i mean maybe uh, there's some talking even if there was some talking right. I, I don't would,
1: mind but let, let me hear the creative process but whatever it's fine it
0: might have been the best thing just have them talking about the song yeah, you
2: maybe. know yeah. or just a minute of
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry
1: stop
0: thank no, god no, we no. have visuals now with thank our you. youtube uh, show tony what'd you think of it
2: uh again you're very nice i mean i, yeah. I didn't mind the drums dropping out because it gave you the acapella and the drums were were for timing. Oh
1: yes, that they were. Ticket. But we're used to it.
2: Were you very used to it? But yeah, I didn't yes. mind.
1: All right. Yes. Um. All right. So, Rob, you want to take Anya Bird can sing. Anya Bird can sing. Wow. Um. I like. The only thing I, I'm
0: I'm disappointed is that it goes over two discs. Because yes. you have to like you know yes. you have to like line it up because I really. I really enjoyed the original version, you know, the so-called laughing version because the underneath version was, I thought a great version um, easily could have been on the album, but actually it sounds more like uh, rubber soul, but it, it could have easily been on this album at that version. And, and then they go back and they turn it into a bird song. Yeah. And you, you, on this mix, man, Wow, the, you just notice that it, there are two guitars so much more than in the original mix that we know and love.
1: Right.
0: Um, so that was one of my my favorite parts about it. Um, I, I'm glad they have the giggling version. I'm glad you know, that, you know like like I said, this is stuff from you know we've heard on other parts of the anthology series, and it's now part of this. I, I don't mind it
1: though, though. There's it a, is
0: longer, yeah, and that's yeah. the way it should be because. You know, you don't want the exact same thing. So if you if it goes on a little longer, that's even better. Right. So I'm, I'm very happy with what they did with Anya bird can sing. Um, you know, I like I like every version of this song. It's just and, and then the version. This was the song with the uh, the extra verse, right? Was, was that the, the right one? No, no. Okay, I'm thinking of the, oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong song. Um, that was Dr. Robert, but yeah, so I, I enjoyed. Everything about what they did with this song, I'm glad there's three versions. I'm glad the giggling versions there. I'm glad the other versions there. Uh, I'm glad we hear the guitars better. Uh, I I can't really. It's one of my favorite redos of this, and and new insights into this song in this album is is and your bird can sing.
2: Cool, Tony. So nice to hear the drums so pronounced in yeah. the stereo remix. While again not detracting from everything else. I miss the hand claps. Right. The hand claps are not, not up as up. much as I would like them to be. It's okay. It gives me a different version to listen to of one of my favorite songs. Again, like Rob said, I love that the giggling version's there. I love that we've had the clean version as an out fake because, you know, people could take their their systems and and you know use kind of like a uh Uh, phasing to to get rid of the giggles and give you the regular song but to now have it for real and then that other version that starts the third disc is 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 really fun it's i wrote down in my notes it's the sludge version it's it's ballsy it's sludgy i i said it's prescient of things to come it's not quite as experimental as you know um tomorrow never knows but it's pretty freaking cool yeah you know this interim thing between the giggle version and the final this weird step so anyway i love,
1: love, the, it. I love the harmonies over the solo
2: yes yeah good i wish point. that
1: was included in the in the final version that was yes. that's really cool uh you know sort of like a nowhere man when they do the yes. harmonies that, you know or i wonder or, if
2: that's why they didn't do it
1: oh that may be a right. Maybe they don't want to replicate themselves. You well, know, yeah, they, they and,
0: did it on the outtake of um, um, "Out of College." Money spent, and they yeah, had right. in the outtake they had harmonies there. They they took off. Right. So
1: you but know, you know what, they did it again in Day Tripper.
0: That's true. <laughs> they kept it oh, there for Day Tripper. So yeah, good sure. point. But um,
1: the uh, one thing I will say is, um, I, I do like the drier vocals of previous mixes better. They used a little bit of more of a. I'm not going to say the flange effect, but it, almost too much like ADT on on here, um, which we know this album is famous for. Um, but I I do like the drier vocals a little bit better on previous mixes, but I like the mix of this better if that makes yeah. sense. It's so much more powerful now. Yeah, yeah. So and I have to put a plug in for the cartoons because the they're mentioned in the book. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, they do have like a paragraph on the cartoon saying that it gave the song a new life um, when it was the opening of the third season so we've that-
2: talked and i talked about i've never i never really loved the cartoons growing up but i do remember getting up to have them on and that's probably what gave me such a great love for the song which is interesting. oh yeah anyway.
1: very unusual Thanks. song to to put as the you know it's a it's an album track it's not like you know the other two seasons so it i like the fact that it's even that they allowed it to be mentioned in the book because they never allow any cartoon stuff in there but um all right so uh tony you want to take for no one
2: um
1: wow i have the tony i swear to god my first (laughs) it does i know you can't see it but the first word
2: is wow uh, well i'm reading your notes um oh, oh all right I hey mine say that. wow too but That's mine says wow mine twice mine says wow backwards um <laughs> it's <laughs> like, wow. um it's one of my one of my all-time favorite Beatles tracks um actually improved uh the instrumentation especially the the drums uh. being fully in there in the mix um You hear every breath in the horn solo. You hear every bit of air coming out of that. And his vocal is so freaking intimate. It's just brilliant. Um, And then to hear the instrumental take uh, too, it's just such, it's just a beautiful song. I think it's one of Paul's masterpieces. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's a favorite in the remix. Definitely.
0: I wow. like the remix a lot and I agree with it's one of my favorite songs from Paul too. It's, it's one of those songs where, you know, he, he, he did something the, the first verse and the last verse, and then he changes the last line, which is, is a, I know there's a title for that a word for, besides genius, of course, but there's a, a, there is a, there is a technical word for that, but I like the way he, I like the instrumental part a lot because I automatically start singing and, yeah. You know, Eleanor Rigby, I do sing along on the backing track, but for no one I sing along. It's 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 one of those things that just captures you. I agree with you, Tony, about you you don't you hear Ringo's drums better. Yeah. I didn't really realize there were drums on it because it was they were mixed kind of yeah. low. Uh, this is a little bit higher, which didn't bother me at all. Um, I thought, you know, it's such a it's such a cool song. You know, you know so
2: simple. But it's so groundbreaking.
0: It's it's more charming. than simple, but it's perfect. I mean, it it's has cool to be that up. simple. But at the same time, you have this horn thing from Alan Civil, which he comes in the solo part of the middle, and then he, he brings the same thing over the end, um, just to remind you that the sadness of the solo happens at the end of the song, too, that which is yeah. also a sad part of the song. Which but is also...
2: Which is also classical in nature, too, to return right. a theme, uh, which is also, me I mean, Paul's picking up from learning his classical music and, and learning more about classical. But it's also, I think it's just groundbreaking in terms of you didn't hear rock and roll songs that sounded like this yet. A year okay. later, I won't say it's passe, but a year later, you've heard a bunch of stuff. You've heard Baroque sounding, you know, rock and pop songs. But you, this was... You
0: heard the influence by that point. That yeah. was a thing, you know. Yeah but you're right this is this is such a a song ahead of its time but lyrically for paul it's such a great lyric you know this is a, a giant step this and eleanor rigby are two giant steps lyrically 24 years old yeah for paul and and if, if john is right about a eleanor, uh, eleanor rigby you know that's a co-writing thing uh, but either way the, the the topic of both those songs are really serious and they're, they're kind of sad you know well-
1: there's
2: no and one, would he, one hold and him. would he get there again before like the 90s no <laughs> no I mean you know, you
1: know the uh I, I had no idea that Alan civil was also part of the day in the life orchestra yes he was I didn't know that which is kind of cool also I like the fact in hindsight that Paul connected the girl in this song to the girl in another day
2: interesting cool. yeah did was, he
1: say that he said it, yeah, in an interview. It's in the book. It's kind of cool. He said it. You know, he thought about it afterwards and said, you know, it's, it's again in hindsight. So um, it's in
2: it's that. in the Cozen book too. <laughs> yeah,
0: I never, I would have connected those two songs at all. You know, Another day is about a lonely woman. Um, for no one's about a woman who's left a guy and I left him standing there alone.
1: I don't think it's that part of it. I think it's just the fact that you, you know, he's talking about actions of people you know um in that regard i don't think he you know talk about the the sentiment of it but in any case um okay all right so uh who who did for no one tony uh rob you want to do uh or is it me you think it's It's me dr robert okay dr robert oh wow this is so super clean and so vocals so up front um there's so much. This is so much better balanced and powerful. Um, I love in the outtakes that twice he sings Bob Robert. Um, and well, he sings it
0: in the regular version too.
1: Yeah, but yeah. you you can't really make it out. Right, I don't. You know, you know. But also the drums in the outtake keep going in the well, well, well part. Yes, right. That's kind of cool. Uh, And and like Tony mentioned earlier in the show, the OK Herb, which is only heard at the end of the mono yesterday and today, is now busted. It's not he doesn't say it. He actually says, OK, we'll. And then Paul whispers back, no, we won't. Um, So the OK Herb. For years, and like I think all together now, and or whatever we heard, so in with like every little thing.
0: Not me, I, thing. I always right. said it doesn't sound like anything. I never, oh, when no. I heard okay, herb, you know, I expected like herb, like
1: someone named herb,
2: you know. Well, they uh, always joked that it was about okay, herb, but that they, right. oh, well. but he says but that was,
1: but it's er, like uh, er, you know, it's so it, it's kind of cool that it, the myth yeah. is
2: busted. I love that,
1: uh, but I I love this track. It's great. Well,
0: Sounds you have good. to put that on there if you can, because you know, look what they they proved with the you know strawberry fields. You know, he definitely says cranberry sauce. You know, <laughs> yeah. so this is another way to uh, demythify the Beatles a little bit of of stories that got started and then get picked up on, and then they continue, and then they get more more strength in them, and then you know, next thing you know, the Beatles, uh, you know, are saying you know herb herb no it's herb no it's no it's herb no it's it's her potato. It's hers potato chips. No, no, <laughs> it's uh, her. Yeah. yeah, so um, The thing that got me about This song is that they edited it down They took a verse out and I can under- understand why they did it because it, oh, yeah. it sounded too long But it, at the same time it wasn't a bad verse They could have just redone the vocals and they s- decided to edit it out You know instead of having a three-minute song it's now, you know, 215 I think
1: so well, the Beatles songs were never three at that point, except for "Ticket to Ride."
0: Yeah, but it was—I was just like they could have redone the vocal, and they just chose to edit, which was so unusual. They—they they normally didn't edit a song down. Like they would, you know, edit different parts of a song maybe to make a new song or a new version yeah. of a song. But I, that was the thing that got me because I'm listening to it, and then I realized, oh, this is a song where it just continues, and then they're going to edit it out, and and. And I liked I liked it, this three minute song. I, I liked it. But
1: the, I think the well 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 part comes in like another time too. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's too much. In
0: I, my own I, I, I wasn't bothered by it, but I understand where you're going with it. It's it's interesting how they made again another decision to cut it. You know, it's another thing. Or they, instead of trying to redo it, they just so we're going to cut it this time.
1: Right. You
0: know, so that's to me is is something that, um, again, you know, the decisions made as musicians. Uh, to produce
2: a record. I think it was cool. It's, it's cool to hear like the non-ADT vocals, you know, yes. in the outtakes. Um yes. I like George's like hearing George's guitar work and the perspective it's in uh in that in that version. Uh but but my big word here that I have in like bold and is this is some funky track. Yes. It's funk, man. It's it's that 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 boosted drum thing makes the track just feel fun and funky and just gives it a great vibe. So yeah. anyway.
1: Oh. Uh, all right. Um, Rob, you go with, I want to tell you. Um,
0: first of all, Uh-oh. disappointed. There's only one take well. um, and I'm disappointed. It's, it's a short version. Uh, one of my favorite songs to play on the guitar. Cause the riff is so, Funky, I guess you wanted to call it. And one thing I wish they had done with both this and and Doctor Robert, which comes before it, Doctor Robert fades out, though it goes to a a, a chord that ends cold, and this yeah. fades up. I wish they had had, th- especially this version, where it starts cold, instead of you know the fade up. And that was my only real concern. I it, it's like well, the outtake does. Yeah. The outtake does, but it's, you know, it's, it's not a full version. So right. that, that was my, my qualm about it. So,
2: um, I can digitally fix it for you and I'll give you a version that doesn't fade out.
0: <laughs> You're the man, Tony. Thank you. <laughs>
2: um, you can play it on your show. Thank the Tony you. Remix. Thank you.
0: The Tony Truguardo remix, there you go. not approved by Apple.
2: But <laughs> well, just don't say
1: that on the show.
0: But, yeah. Um, so, uh, to me, this is one of my favorite George Harrison songs. Uh, just the whole, you know, everything about it is good. You, you know, he had a second middle eight, which George did, was the only Beatle who did that. The other two would repeat the middle eight. He, George would write a second middle eight.
2: Um, this. Giving you a middle 16,
0: actually. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, be careful with the sixteen, though. You know, <laughs> oh, sixteen oh will
1: get you twenty. Anyway, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but you're still beautiful in your mind. There
0: uh, you go. Yeah, we're gonna do Brothers next week. Um, so, to me, uh, I, I really have always enjoyed the song. I like the remix. Uh, there's not a lot to remix in this song. It's a very basic song. The piano um, is a little bit hotter, but not by much. Um, and it's it's a basic straightaway song. There's there's not a lot of effects on the guitars where they sound you know birdsy you know as you know it's like on um, like Doctor Robert or Anya Bird can sing so uh, to me it's one of my favorite like i said George Harrison songs i just wish there was a, another outtake from it because i i just you know especially since it was george you know he, he only had three songs on here you know unless unless you know, maybe George at one point said, I don't want any outtakes from I Want to Tell You released. And he told that to Olivia, and then, you know. <laughs> there you go.
2: Tony? Uh, not much there. Just a uh, very nice, nice remaster.
1: Yeah, love you it. know, for me, it seems like a little bit less of a fade-in on the new mix. Uh, much better clarity and balance. And I think the harmonies are more present. What What I love most about this is the outtakes, the whole conversation between John and George where John just says, you never have a title for anything. Ever, ever since Don't Bother Me, or or since Don't Bother Me, you never have a title for any of your songs. That is a
2: funny bit, it's, yeah. It's,
1: it's a, I mean, he's not being yeah. mean or anything. No, it's, just, it's very funny. He says, what are you calling it? And he's like, Lack sense of it. He's like, you never have a title for anything. So it's kind of cool. And But the, the one thing is that in Beatles' monthly book in 1966, when they were talking about this track, uh, and in general on the album, George does say, quote, that John and Paul gave me a, an awful lot of encouragement. So, you know, that sort of debunks some myths too. Yep. You know, I yep. mean, so, uh, anyway, Tony, when did you got to get you into my life?
2: Uh, the remaster sounds freaking great. Paul's bass, damn, is just what I wrote. Uh, the horn stabs, magnificent. Um. The first, you know, the the first take. I love the chatter. I'm trying to figure out what it is they're talking about in terms of the fade that yeah. they're discussing and what they're gonna go. John's little DDs in there, brilliant. Um, but the oh, remake, yeah, that's cool. that remake with the fuzz guitar in for the oh. horns, I freaking love. Uh, I love it. To me, I know you argue. I know the horns are a big part of the development of the band, and they want to go to Memphis and a but I could have just had that. That could have been on the album and I would have been like, That's a great Beatles song. I love it. Um and then the instrumental where like you, you the different elements are kind of combined in there a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, just great. And you hear Paul's guide vocal in the background if you listen, which is cool. Yep. But it's just again, very, very nice collection of versions of that. And uh
1: yeah, that's it. Rob
0: Um, I agree with Tony of the fact that you know the Paul's bass is just standout in in, in the the stereo mix. Um, I am glad they had the anthology two version in there. It's a little different, but I've always liked that version. I think that could have been a version, but then what do we get? We got a second version that could have been just as good and placed anywhere on this album as that version, the the guitars on it. You know, you, you see, okay, where do the horns come from? And they come from that guitar arrangement which changes the song to me because it it becomes more of a group song, even though, you know, the guitar solo from George is very short. Um, but to me, that version with the, the rotating guitars, as I like to call it, um, to me, it's a much more of a group version, where the horn version obviously is the version we all know and love. But the I like the way they play the guitars on that because it it just keeps going. It, it doesn't stop. And I was really impressed with those guitars on it. And, you know, we didn't know about that version either. So um, I was very impressed with both outtakes and then, of course, the final version. So I can't really complain about anything about this song. Um, But like I said, it becomes more of a group song now, because I always thought Got to Get You Into My Life was more of a, not a solo song, but it's like for no one, Eleanor Rigby, you know, they're more whole separate for the most part, not right. all of them,
1: but right. You know, for me, um, I mean, it's better balanced. Um, nobody here mentioned the drum fills are, are finally, you know, you can hear them. Yes. It was so wimpy in the, in the, every other version. Now they're finally up in the mix and a lot more ballsy. Um, I, I love that. Uh, I, I think the fuzz guitar was great but ultimately I think you know Tony as we know the as you said the development of the band and the, and the and the horns the brass was great the ultimate, ultimately that I think they made the right choice um the backing vocals like you know the uh um yeah. w- while they're pretty I think they would have yeah. they would have wimpified the song a little yes. bit, um yeah, yeah. and the ocarina the and the
2: ocarina solo that was left out I think <laughs> yes. would have been a little sorry <laughs> But that's something if, different
0: if, that's another version
1: yeah if, if if whipify is a word um the song i mean the song has balls that's all there is to it um i love it john had made a comment uh in like i think 1980 that uh it was about paul's acid trip paul has then then countered with no it wasn't well, <laughs> bad. it was just about pot <laughs> yeah maybe maybe it was about acid, but you know, Paul's Paul's got his reputation. I think I thought that
0: John said it was uh marijuana. I thought it was no, he
1: did uh, it, he does mention acid, but it doesn't election. matter. It's a trip. It's yeah. not just, you know, uh, about a, a girl like every other thing. It's well, uh, to uh, me, to, you uh, know, if
0: if you didn't tell me that it was a, a drug trip. I would say it was a nice love song. That, yeah, you know,
2: and I'm sorry writing writing a love song to your dope is really <laughs> weird, man. But uh, you want to know something? All, wherever you get your inspiration, uh, I was fine. about to say, I think it's kind
1: of damn cool. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but so and and it's very fitting that I get the last one for tomorrow. Never knows. Uh, actually, it's not the last one because we no. got a of, uh, oh <laughs> yeah, oh that's all right. Actually, it works that way. Tomorrow never knows. I really don't have much to say on this. I think it just sounds great and much more punch, but I don't think it sounds that terribly different to me. I just love it because it sounds great in the new technology environment. But other than that, Rob, you're up. I th-
0: I thought when we heard the atmo Atmos mix, there was a, a a bigger difference in the sound. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I like about this, and this is this is you know a pretty th- th- this way of thinking about the fans you know the mono mix that was originally on the mono mix uh, the mono album and then pulled back but it already gotten out there and fans for years have been looking for that version and now it's on this box set so yes. if someone was thinking about that when they put that on there and i was very happy to, to see that you know as you know as we're all collectors also as much as being fans and it's I'm nice that that it's part dollars. of this now yeah
1: no, no. it cost a thousand dollars for that that Right, right. Now, now
0: that now that whole version is you know out there, and you know, okay, right. it's on the box set, so yeah. it, you know, so I, I was happy about that. Um, you know, it, out of everything, I think they were very careful not to change much on on tomorrow never knows because yeah. I th- I think you could get lost doing that. I mean, the you know the way it all works.
2: Believe it or not, I think the tambourine is up a little bit more in the mix.
0: Okay, that's that's Maybe. not. It's not like they changed the the no. the loops. Yeah. You know, or the placement of the loops or something. So, I, I, you know, tambourine's a little hotter. Good. Get Ringo in there with the tambourine. I thought that was, I was I was happy, like I said, the mono mix. And the original mono mix sounded good. You know, one starts up and one, you know, starts up cold. The other starts with a fade. So I was happy with it. Um, you know, so to me, you know, you can't have this song. You know, it's funny. This was the first song they recorded for the album, but it's the last song on the album because you can't place it anywhere else. I know. So and, and and that was what I wanted to just bring up to you guys. What happens if instead of the way they did the album, the order of the album, they had one side more of the guitar-based songs and the second side would be more the experimental songs, like for no doesn't one work. or Element Rigby on like side two, and like Doctor Robert and I want to tell you on side one doesn't work. Yeah, I know. It's it's you know yeah. Love you the too
1: is Love you
0: too has to be. Earlier in the album, which it is, it's the fourth song, because you got it's it's such a different sound. Yeah, you know, you, you don't want to
2: Or it had to be a side one closer.
0: Yeah, yeah. so it to me, um, you know, I, I look at the because a lot of John stuff for the most part was guitar based, and Paul's was more, you know, experimental taste at the time. So you know, it, that's what I was thinking when I was looking at the listening to the album, of of you know how maybe could have had a different order. You know. I mean I'm glad it's not but it 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 did cross my mind. Yes. So you Tell know. Me what
2: you think? Uh it's interesting to hear take 1. I always think that would have scared the hell out of the kids. Um Yes. I think that would have been the, you know, whereas on the White Album we all ran away from Revolution number 9 we were a little went, oh, "Mommy, what's that?" Um I think Tomorrow Never Knows the end of, you know, as take 1 at the end of a Beatle album would have had like a lot of kids reaching for their acid. I mean, reaching for their their teddy bears. But anyway, but, but I think about my uh,
1: my laundry because it sounds like they're doing like a wash.
2: Nice, anyway. <laughs> but think
0: about it. You know, the version that was released has a much more pop sound compared to the oh, take yeah. one. Totally. totally. Yeah, I mean, you you yeah. listen to the totally. first take. It's like, oh my god how how could yeah. they four months early be working on Rubber Soul and this is the first thing they record? Yeah, is oh. as their new song for their new album.
1: Yeah, hey right. same thing with pepper first song was when i'm 64. not really revelatory and well first song
0: would be strawberry fields forever uh, be-
1: you know what i mean
0: yeah i know i know
1: all right tony you want to take uh i mean rob you want to take paperback writer
0: yeah um i like paperback writer a lot in the new mix because i th- always thought the stereo mix was too all over the place i always like the mono mix and plus it's longer um, I don't like the fact that it's in an EP form. It bawles the hell out of me. It, it, that's it, a different story. I different know, story. but it, it, it yeah. you know, or at least give a picture, you know, don't go by the Parlophone cover. Go go by the Nice American cover where you get, you know, at least on that song, you got a backwards playing John Lennon. But that's, I, that's I, I like the fact that they did a 2022 mix. And, of course, you have to include the mono mix. The mono mix of Paperback Writer's fantastic. Yep. Yep. The stereo versions, I think, pretty cool. Also, the new mix. Um, this sort of pushes away the the mix we know and love, um, but would bother me just a little bit. And it has nothing to do with the song. But the three songs that ended up on yesterday and today. Now I know they're out there and they're available. But if you're going to include an EP, why don't you put those three songs on there? You know, mm-hmm. from you know the ones that ended up on yesterday and today because those, those versions' mixes are different. Yes, they, they made
1: special stereo mixes in 66. Right, so,
0: you know, that's that's my only qualm about it. Um, you know, Paperback Writer is just, uh, to me, I just don't understand how the Beatles said, oh, what song can we play that is really difficult for our 66 tour? Oh, let's play Paperback Writer. And it's it's a tough song to play in any... any play the bass line is incredibly hard to play live. Paul's even had problems with it when I've seen him. Um, and that that's the song they chose to sing in sixty six tour. Um, mm-hmm. instead of Rain, which is more of a straight ahead rock song. So um, but I like what they did with it. I was very impressed. Uh, I always wonder where it would be if if you had sixteen songs. You know, would it would it be at the end of side one, you know, Rain beginning of side two or something. But I was very impressed with the the stereo remix. I, I
2: I liked it a lot. I liked the placement of everything and
0: then that's about it. Tony.
2: Um <clears throat> like Ringo's kick drum accented, but don't love it. Um I thought really? Paul, I thought Paul's vocals are a bit too spaced. Uh I think they I think they're too spatially mixed. Uh Paul's bass kicks you in the head, I get it. Um, I, I thought the, um, the, the, rah, 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 rah effect yeah. is a little reduced. Um, oh,
1: I don't, well, I, it's I, reduced I on the stereo because it always yeah. has been the mono. I know, but, but, but,
2: but I would almost like to have heard it applied more in the stereo uh, to be honest, okay. but, but, uh, didn't really, really love the stereo mix. I thought rain, uh, oh, I'm sorry. We're just doing payback writer. Um, yep. yeah, anyway, that was it.
1: Yes, the only thing I think they missed, and then we'll go on to Rain and finish this up. Uh, on some of the bootlegs, you can hear George Martin say, all yours, Paul. Um, and and it's not on here, which is kind of weird. I You would think there'd be a little bit of chatter, you know, let them yeah. do it. Because you do hear some chatter on the outtake. But anyway, uh, Tony, you want to finish it
2: off with Rain? Uh, Yeah, I, I love the mono remastering. Sounds great. The stereo version is too loud. Um, it's too spaced again. It makes things much more pronounced, but it somehow also, to me, gets them lost. Um, maybe it's just because it was the last thing I listened to. I might have been fatigued. Maybe. I don't know. But I just um, didn't love it. Okay. I, I I love the album, um, barring a few things. I think it is a go-to. Um, but the paperback writer and rain, neither one really thrilled me
1: and that's okay because on the lp you don't get it you have to play it on the right right uh, you know so and even the cd you have to play a separate cd so that's that's cool uh rob what do you think of ring
0: i uh love the fact that they they played the version that they played fast yeah and then they slow it down i think it goes from c to a g
2: oh yeah wait a minute i totally forgot the outtakes guys i'm sorry (laughs) revelatory outtakes jesus christ i wrote holy s word i wrote uh, and my comment on take five was it beat the hell out of what the san francisco bands thought that they were doing that were so oh my god i mean i'm a big fan of san francisco music so i'm just busting chops here an amazing band performance yeah. amazing and 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 you see and why he, oh, i'm sorry the, the slow take it, it's it's nice to hear it sans the backing vocals you know the stereo take um later but take five again totally freaking revelatory but anyway go right. ahead sorry rob
0: well it's and, and then you hear the same it's take five the fast version super fast and you understand why ringo claims that's one of his best drumming because he doesn't miss anything on that Neither. Did
2: Ringo know that they slowed it down when they released it? Like, I often wonder if Ringo's, <laughs> Ringo's never heard the record. I wonder if you played the record for Ringo to go, What the hell's that? I not <laughs> wow. Come on now. Anyway. And,
0: and one thing that was cool about the, the, the slowed down version, you can understand how they figured out that this is going to have a, a, a sound like this, where if they'd released it the, as the fast version, it wouldn't have the same impact. You know the, 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 there's a certain sound when they slow it down and, and the drums on it and and just everything about it um, so I, I agree with you it, it does have a different feel without the backing vocals and the and the back back up vocals and stuff like that so um, to me that it's a standout only because we again learn how a, a song comes together in in you know in a in a nice way not just like boring you know, music teacher type way, but in like, here, here it is, listen Real to world. it and you will like it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, what is it? The, the I think it's like a, a 25 second difference, I think. Yeah. I think sure. it's a 25 second difference between the slower version and the faster version. So, um, you know, that's a big jump. That's a big jump. So I was, I was very impressed with that. I'm glad they included that again. uh, uh thinking like fans a little bit on that one because that yeah. that's something that you know we'd like to hear
1: yeah know. and again just like yellow submarine demo or idea we uh we've never heard that there was a fast version of rain we knew about it but we you know we, well, we never well, heard it I, I, right uh, well i didn't even you know what i'll be honest as a beetle fan i didn't really know about the fast version i i i, 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 I knew about
0: it. i didn't know it was that fast you know right. i, I right.
2: thought it was like a little it's bit fast.
0: that is a huge Huge way they played that
2: fast, and then to slow it down. That is a huge, right? That, it, it, it's know. mentioned in the books that it slowed was slowed down, but
1: yeah, and Paul records his five, bass right. over the slowed down version. Right, that's that's the beautiful part about that part. It, it's so funny because if think about this, if they released the the fast version, all right, uh, it could be a single. The slowed down version, it's a B side.
2: That's fun, yeah.
0: I, I don't know about that. I think I actually think rain is a very straight ahead song even though it has a lot of you know vocal tricks and backward tapes and uh, wow. but I always thought it was it was very poppy actually.
1: but rain, to- rain would would to me is almost leading into the pepper area of it, uh, you know psychedelia. It, it's, so.
0: uh, it's right there.
1: Anyway, uh, we've spent a lot of time on this album and rightfully so. Um, you know we're not going to rate it because it's a ten. I don't give a damn. It's a 11. ten. I, I love the remix. I, I mean you know in general I love the box set. I think uh, I can't wait for Rubber Soul, uh, if they're going to give it to us uh, in uh, the next one. So uh, other than that, I think we've covered everything we want to say, right, guys? Yes. And uh, we we really hope that you enjoyed as much as we did. We hope we've given you some insight as well. And uh, for Fab Four free for all. Uh, I am Mitch Axelrod. I've been your moderator and joining me as they always do are Rob Leonard and Tony Chiguardo. And we appreciate you listening and watching and we will see you all next time.
2: Fab four free for all was edited and produced by Tony Chiguardo at word of mouth studios in Westbury, New York.
1: The opening and closing theme is my dolly by the band, the badge featuring longtime listener, Jeff Slate, available on its debut album, Digital Retro, and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All
2: website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All.